Hey guys, welcome to another episode of uh, Coffee with Mirko. We're brewing an AeroPress before we're gonna start talking with our future guests. Today's a very special episode, as usual, and uh, we're gonna talk with uh, the coffee man, uh, Sasha Sestik. So, we will just flip this, and then we'll be able to get started and have uh, an amazing time. So, feel free to drop some questions, and uh, um, yeah, we'll be we'll be getting started real soon. I'm just gonna flip this and then I'll sit down and uh, hey Sasha, I see you. I'll just uh, get you on in one second. Feeling a little bit of pressure of uh, you know brewing coffee in front of Sasha, but that's all right. I'm sure he'll forgive me. Um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions, please drop them in the comment box below. Uh, we'll go through mine first, but. As we go, I'll read through yours and uh, sure we're gonna have a good time. So, sixty minutes is always not enough, but we'll we'll try our best to give you guys some value. And uh, apologies for the crazy air, but as you know, hairdressers are shut these days, so it's alright. All right, first coffee of the morning, and uh, I'm having it with Sasha Sestik. So. Well, let's bring him in. I got some coffee here. All right, here we go. <laughs> Looking like a wild man, you say, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy here. But I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna put the cap. So we're just waiting for Sasha. The connection is, you know, always tricky. It's always a little congested here in Australia, I find. Sometimes we have better connection with overseas <laughs> overseas guests, like yesterday with Steve Layton. Um, it was impeccable and uh, for some reason, Australia connection is always tricky, but hey everybody, raising art, uh, Joel, uh, I'll say hi to all of you whilst we'll figure out uh, what's happening here. Uh, Juliana, Suta, Coffee Traveler, Dax is in the house. Let me just send this again. <laughs> Passion about coffee. I'm sure you're laughing about me not wearing a cap today. Oh, here it is. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you, Sasha? How are you, mate? Very good. Good. Um, first things first, how's you and your family doing with everything that's going on? Are you guys safe and sound? Yeah, things have been good. Yeah, the best, the best they can be. So um, I guess when it comes to family, that's been good. Uh, it's been nice to be to be with the family and to be closer than before. So um, it's been good. Yeah, I'm also struggling with my hairstyle as well. So yeah, you know, let's, <laughs> let's take two of us. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and yeah, hopefully, slowly, slowly, I see you know Canberra and Sydney, you know Melbourne a little bit less, but reopening from restrictions. So we'll we'll slowly go back towards normal, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I feel like that. It's like kind of like a soccer match. Half time is over. We've lost ten nil, <laughs> and uh, now we, we are in a in about to enter the second half, and we can you know see some opportunities, play some tactics, and start preparing ourselves to you know have a good have a good comeback. I I resonate with you as two Europeans love our soccer, so I get you. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just get started here, but. You're considered one of the most influential coffee people in the in our industry. Um, but how did you actually start your coffee journey? Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll, I've, I've said this story so many times, but I'm going to try to <laughs> make right. it better this time than before, right? That's what it is. Best shot this year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, after I, I mean, I came to Australia after... Um, you know, quite few wars back in Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia. And the main reason was Australia is because of handball. Uh, I had saw the opportunity I can play for Sydney 2000 Olympic Games, which I did with my brother. And after Sydney 2000, our budget in handball was cut quite dramatically. And, uh, and I had options to either go to Europe, play handball and stay here to do something with me. Um, chose hospitality to study while I was studying English and uh, done a lot of work in hospitality, different jobs and came across coffee machine. My wife actually gave me the job. Uh, she told me they're looking for a barista in a bakery and I I tried so many things and none of it worked. <laughs> and I said, well, I might give this a go as well. Um, you know, I didn't last long in, in other fields of hospitality and somehow I fell in love with it instantly. And I didn't fall in love with the taste. That's originally, that's that's for sure. Um, but um, I really fell in love in creating something, talking to people, uh, and maybe providing a you know something that I make to customer, and being able to have talk to them and see their reaction and actually you know see the smiles and that makes me happy. Obviously, yeah. Um, but even if. You know, if I see this this face and I go, oh my God, this was bad. Well, that, that was still okay sign. It's positive criticism. It was a terrible coffee. I need to be better. So. <laughs> and were you drinking coffee back then or you, you weren't really? No, I, I was not actually. No, but I think the first coffees I had, I was like 23, 24. Same here. Yeah, that's interesting. And, yeah. I was making coffee for maybe 12 months and I did not enjoy taste. I loved everything around it. Uh, but I just, yeah, I was wondering why would people drink a long black? I made them a long black and I said, this was really good. I said, well, if it must be good, I'm going to give it a go and I'll try it. And I tried it and I said, no, this is terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a, you know, it wasn't love on the first sight, you know, it was sort of gradually growing on me and it still is till today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, obviously, it was a long journey from there, and uh, uh, you know we all know what you did in 2015. You, for the people who don't know, which will be surprising to me, but you won the World Barista Champion, and uh, you know it's like how, how how defining was that moment for you uh, and your career? Yeah, uh, I mean, winning WBC it's it's huge. It's dream of anyone that competes, obviously. Uh, but um, I think what really gave a lot of value to 2015 is how hard it was 
for me and my team to to actually number one to win Australia because that did not happen overnight. There was a you know only I, I guess our team internally know what we've gone through over five, six, seven years to actually win first Australian comp. Um, and having um, so many failures prior, uh, and kind of being so determined to come back, that that really showed me more confidence. Not only when we win combat, and you know everything is possible, because I was not very talented in in the competitions. Like I would go there for first three years and finish last in the semifinals in Australia every year. Um, it took me four years to make the finals. But now baristas from our company, they compete first year and they make the finals. So it's kind of so much easier uh, for a lot, of, a lot of them. And I said, wow. And I'm happy for them, of course. That's, that's the hard work that you do at the beginning and you, you clear these parts for the next generations to, to make it easier so they can go further. Sure. Uh, that, that, that win was, uh, I guess, not only for me, it was actually for, for our city, uh, for Canberra. But also for communities that the specialty coffee is not popular, maybe not competing against, you know, powerhouse of Melbourne or powerhouse of Sydney. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a big, big confidence boost for all of us. But I think also yes, we can win WBC, but the way we want it, and we we still look back and we we feel proud. You know, after that routine, carbonic maceration was born. Uh, which is used commonly now. OCD was born as well. So we, we feel like that we did not just win the trophy, we left something behind us. And that, that we feel gives a greater value to what we've done. And a little curiosity, which I don't know how many people know, the day of the final, you were also not feeling that well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's icing on the cake as well. Uh, to be in the hospital till you know, midnight, 40 plus degrees temperature and low blood pressure and God knows what. Um, yeah, that, that just spiced it up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I rewatched the routine and you looked you looked that you were fine. So you obviously covered her up quite well. And uh, you mentioned OCD, but also you you know you you do own a coffee project origin and a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, how do you juggle all these projects at once and maintain life-work balance? And also curiosity, um, which you know I might just not know or I just never asked the right people, but what does ONA stands for, the actual name? All right, so I'll give you an answer for ONA. It's a silly, silly name, actually, when you look at it. So when I, when I started ONA, originally Connor, uh, for me, the the only thing was important is let's let's make coffee better, the best I possibly can. So, name was secondary, you know, logo was secondary as well. And uh, one fabrista said, "Oh, there's this Hawaiian coffee. It's called Kona coffee, you know, K-O-N-A. It's a really cool name. It's interesting. And back in the days, Jamaica Blue was very popular. Kona was very popular, more because they were expensive, not necessarily. Uh, you know, I don't really resonate with that taste uh, at the moment as much." So we thought, well, you know, Jamaica Blue, is already, there's already quite a few coffee shops in Australia, or used to be. So we can be Connor, you know. So we came up with the name Connor uh, and organized my de graphic uh, designer to make a logo. I remember I, pay, I had a very small budget, but somehow I scrambled, scrambled across $1,000 to 
So I said, this is the budget for logo, so make it awesome. You know, I expected a lot for $1,000 uh, because that, that, was, that was a lot. Anyway, after a couple of months, he came up with a logo, Corner Coffee. Uh, we opened up the very first shop, and a few months later, I received an email uh, with yeah, very threatening email from a coffee association in Hawaii, Kona Coffee, saying that you're using this name, you shouldn't be using it, remove it immediately. Uh, so um, I couldn't spend another thousand dollars for designer, so I just told him, "Can you please take K out of the logo?" And, uh, that, and I'll pay you fifty dollars for this. So, so that's how one I was born. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a funny story, and and few people tell me sometimes in the company, you know what, you shouldn't be sharing it. Like it's kind of it's a bit silly. No, I think sometimes. it's a cool story. It is silly, but um, I'm I'm proud of it because. We all make mistakes, and it's it's nice to also show people that, you know, sometimes name can be whatever it is. It's what you do to make the name, uh, and you accept it with your actions, with what you do, and you, with your identity, and name comes secondary. And I think it's sort of, yeah, proof to, to I guess, what we've done, and, and possibly priorities as well. Uh, priority is always, you know, delicious coffee as best as we can. 100%. And so with all these projects at hand and plus all the ones that we don't know about, because the top secret, how do you manage uh, balance between the whole dance? Yeah. Yeah, so balance is a difficult one. <laughs> It's a, it's a very difficult This is probably why I like espresso so much, because every time when I dial in espresso, I'm really chasing for that balance. Uh, and when I get it, I enjoy it, but then I kind of want to wanna make it better. And it's, it's the same with the life balance and coffee and balance and as a career as well. Like it's, I think it's okay to accept it. It's not going to be perfect, and it's fine. But as long as we know where, where we are balance. Uh, and we can work towards to it to sort of reach that, uh, and then that's okay. I, I I understood that after I won, uh, after we won, 2015, that my life will be out of the balance, and I, I was aware of that, and that's okay. You know, being a couple hundred days overseas for four years, that's not balanced. You know, but having um Having a strong team that I can leave behind, that, that was sort of conscious decision that I can go and travel and, you know, support the communities and in the same time create networks and inspire and get inspired. That, that was really important for me as a, as a coffee professional to be able to use that opportunity. Um, so I can actually bring back to the company as well and my entire team and, you know, uh, inspire them in the same time. By having a family, having two kids, wife, we married almost for 20 years. We, we knew that I'm going to push balance there, and I did. Uh, but she's the most patient person in the world, most caring. Uh, so I knew I could, <laughs> we kind of pushed it to the limit. And the limit maybe was three years, being three, three and a half years, being completely out of the balance. Uh, but then after three and a half years now, you know, different we have a different priorities. You know, get cool family, traveling. We grew the team to the level that they can manage many things because Sasha was not there to help the decisions. So we managed to create many leaders within the company. 
Uh, so I don't necessarily need to go too much in depth in, in project origin, you know, wholesale or, or retail shops or new projects. So um, somehow we sort of were forced to, for me to find my own balance and also for leaders within company to find their balance as well and, and kind of pass it on. Um, things changed a lot with COVID-19. It's a different set of thinking and, uh, and there's kind of, yeah, everything has completely changed for all of us in the company and myself with my role as well. And uh, we needed to be able to think fast and reshuffle everything we do, all of the routine. What was important yesterday, it's not important today, <laughs> in a way. And uh, what was goal two months ago, it's not a, not a goal today as well. Uh, and that also has challenged us to go into a lot of unknowns, but also challenged us to sort of start chasing that new balance. Of course. So it's been... Um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Yeah, I think I think innovation is definitely a big word across businesses during this pandemic period. Um, I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot of positives as long as health is uh, given to us. So that's the biggest victory for sure. Um, reading through the comments um, at the coffee table says that Ona also means. She or her in Serbian, and yeah. coffee is a female gender too, so that makes sense. There you go. We got a better yeah. story. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It means she as in your wife. There you go. Um, you're married to coffee and your wife, maybe. Um, and then we got passionate about coffee asking, uh, um, Morning, Mr. Sasha, how are you? What does specialty coffee means to you? So many different answers from everyone. That's a good question. Uh, to, to be honest, specialty coffee for me means integrity, enriching other people's, the other people's lives, um, you know, innovating and also chasing excellence. It's pretty much all, all of the above. Um, we can, to me, it's not really taste. It's not 80 points. It's not as black and white as it is. I prefer to make it difficult and complicated for me uh, but making it complicated and difficult means you know we we can keep sort of striving to do that and keep chasing it we get complacent if you think oh, we've achieved it we, we're good you know from the moment you think it's all good and we, we go downhill and i prefer not to be in that state of mind so um that's that's what it is <laughs> yeah yeah 100 no, percent, and i think that Sometimes we often get caught up into words, and uh, there's a whole debate around the word specialty. So it's uh, it's always tricky as well because you're right. You know, it's not just about points. I, I agree with you. And sticking with people and the industry, I, I always ask this question because I think I like to hear different perspective from different professionals. Um, what what kind of words of wisdom or advice do you have for people who are stuck in a good job that they don't like when they want to pursue a coffee career because that's a real passion um so i think like number one you you want to understand with a lot of clarity is this is what you want to do um, 
I'm passionate about so many other things. You know, I love boats, uh, and I'm passionate about boats. I would not ever work in the boat industry because I enjoy it as a hobby. So it's important for people to determine: is this a hobby? Do you just do you enjoy doing it as your secondary thing, or is this career you want to choose? Um, at the beginning, it's very romantic for everyone to say, "Ah, oh, I love coffee. This is so much fun. I'd love to do it." But then you get hit. Once you decide, "Hey, I'm going to do this," you get hit so many times, you know, and you get thrown around. Um, and the the big question is there: Is that passion really true and honest? Because if it is true, you will get up, no matter how many times someone tells you you're not good at it or this is not good enough. Um, if you love it so much, for you, this is going to be another reason why you're going to work harder and why you're going to try to be better and why you're going to, how you're going to you know, solve these issues and solutions. Majority of May, things that sort of maybe Honor Coffee is famous or I'm famous for, for innovations, they didn't come because I want to make something cool for the people because I know coffee and then now I can do this as well. They came from the point that, you know, I could not distribute coffee easily enough. My coffee was channeling, and I need to do something about it. You know, uh, my coffee is not consistent enough, and I'm, flavors are not as expressive. They're not strong enough, and you know, people don't enjoy the taste of my coffee. I, I actually need to do something about it on the farm level, so I can highlight these flavors. Hence, why CM was born. Um, so, so what, I, what I'm trying to say, they, you know, once you really understand that, that's that's your true passion. And you're happy to be to work hard, then just go for it. Don't wait for tomorrow. Plan big, but start today and start small. Um, but start. Don't keep planning. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and always look for the solutions. If there's a wall in front of you, find a way to break it. There's you know, there's no wall that you cannot break. Yeah, absolutely right. And you, I like what you said about just start because I think uh, I read somewhere once and. Uh, really good quote you can read so much about doing push-ups but you just you know you gotta start doing the push-ups so no, no matter how much you read about them and techniques uh, you just gotta start and yeah i, I like that and uh, we got a question from blue coffee lab um what do you think about the new normal uh in special coffee uh, after the pandemic what does that gonna look like Good question. Should I be thinking coffee shops, roasting, or farms? <laughs> I think coffee shop first. <laughs> Probably that's the start. Thank you. I don't know where my brain needs to go for the moment. Um, okay. So, yeah, coffee shops, I, um, I, I feel that we're going to be... I feel we need to fix many things in the coffee shops and um, pretty much everything because we, we've been talking a lot coffee prices are not high enough. And uh, our industry is suffering a lot now. Everyone is suffering. And uh, it's a time, perfect timing now to actually fix all of the things that we wanted to fix. Um, so that, that's number one. Like I feel that in order to go forward, we need to go backwards first so we can go forward. I use this analogy a lot when I do coaching as well. Uh, I feel like I'm coaching someone now. <laughs> Uh, but to me, and this is what we've, we've been doing, we've been really looking back, you know, one year, two years, four years, 
And maybe why was it easier for us to run coffee shops seven years ago compared with now? And, you know, first thing comes across prices. Second thing comes across, you know, systems, back of the house systems, what we do. Sometimes we get complacent that, oh, yeah, we can, um, we can just buy this or we, we can do this 10 subscriptions that we don't really need. And I'm, I, I looked at the balance sheet and said, why do we have so many subscriptions in this shop? Why are we paying so much money for no reason? So, so what I think what's happening now and uh, people are investing time into better, better systems, back of the house systems, have to run more sustainable business. We're actually becoming more diligent with productivity, with the possibly pricing, uh, that it is fair and right. Uh, so we are providing a great quality at the, at the right price. Many people compare us in the industry, we are like a fine dining, cafe style of fine dining restaurant. Um, and I think that's a problem because we're providing a great food and great service and great everything, yet we have really cheap prices. And then, um, and then when something like this hit us, many coffee shops are closing after one week or after two weeks. They kind of, oh, I'm not going to come back. So it's not only issue with the COVID-19. COVID-19 is icing on a cake to what's been happening in the industry. But the biggest issue is what's kind of inside of the cake, what we, we have been building and doing over the years. And, and we need to fix that. Like we are increasing the prices that we actually have as of uh, Monday, yesterday. Because we, we want to make sure that there's a healthy industry behind us uh, for, for everyone. Uh, there's a healthy career for, for baristas. <clears throat> and also our customers keep in, can start, continue enjoying better and better coffees year by year. So that, that's the first thing. But the second thing, of course, a lot of innovations. That we can you know, look at simplifying these things. Um, ordering apps that people, when they're at home, they want to order their coffee, quick takeaway coffee. They don't feel like talking to to barista this morning, but they can simply go on app and order their coffee uh, that particular time. That you know that helps everyone. You know, helps customer to get what they want earlier, so they don't need to wait. Uh, in the same time, um, you know, if you know, if we can sort of encourage that market a little bit, it can help with the wages as well, and uh, you know, cost of goods, etc. Uh, bring new revenue that we not necessarily had before. Um, so I, I see that we're not going to necessarily be going forward to the level that we need to have 30, 50, 60 dollar coffees. We need to do basics as well, and we need to provide these basics with uh, being humans again. You know, providing that beautiful hospitality, being humble, being here for each other, and coffee sort of becomes secondary. Uh, and uh, not as a star that needs to taste like this or like that. I'm quite excited to see this industry going back to probably one of the reasons why I fell in love with the industry, that I mentioned to you, that personal connection with the people, it's most important. Um, and the taste and, and, and flavors is just a result of, of that relationship. Yeah, and I think, I also think that, you know, Connecting to what you just said, lots of people have been stuck at home for a month or two or six weeks. So that barista connection would really be important. I think that for a long time we have been so focused in the cup or on the machine or in the milk jug 
uh, and we have forgotten a little bit that we are in the people industry first, uh, because without without the people, we don't have the cherries, we don't have the coffee, but also we don't have the customers to serve coffee that we're making. So I think people is, could could become a new priority. And like you said, gone a little bit back to make two steps forward, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I like what you said. I think yeah, very very smart. I don't know what to say. Um, we got a couple of questions here. Um, obviously, you know, you don't have to answer all of them. It's a bit a tricky one. But what was the biggest mistake you made in business and in your career? <laughs> Many mistakes. Yeah. Uh, maybe the biggest one that I probably regret, like all of the mistakes I made, uh, I'm I'm okay with them because they helped me learn and understand and be be better. So. I, I don't kind of look at them as mistakes. I look at many things I've, I've failed at the time was learning opportunity. But mistake that I kind of made over and over again to myself, I should get it. I should have fixed it earlier. Um, when, I, when I feel that I need to fix something and fix the problem or the issue, many times I let the issue fix itself. I was not gain enough to step in and to deal, deal with that problem on time. And because I haven't done it on time, uh, I've sort of paid the price <laughs> quite a few times. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the bigger. And whatever that is, whatever change we feel we need to make, and whether that change is that change for better, that, hey, I'm a coffee shop now and I really want to get into roasting, and you're thinking for years and years and years that you want to roast, and finally, after four years, you, you kind of grow and say, hey, I'm going to roast. And then when you start roasting, you say, why did I not do this three years ago? <laughs> or, or other way around, you have a continuous problem that you keep dealing with and you just don't, you will maybe, maybe a staff member that does not go with your, with your alliance or your vision or values and you just kind of wait for them to quit. So you don't need to you know, step in and do your job. Um, so I've done it in the past a lot and that, that's not helping anyone like if someone is doing the job for two years that they don't enjoy that don't like you're actually not helping these people at all like you're wasting two years of their life by being with you doing something they hate and you might as well help them sorry go on yeah so you, you, you might as well have that conversation and help them and say you know well, let, let's talk and lately I have I have few of these phone calls with some people that have been with us for two or three, four years, amazing people. And you can see that they just don't enjoy it. Like they, they, they're in a coffee shop, they get stressed, they don't like it, it's too much for them. And after we had a few chats, like I said, you know, one of these employees called me and said, Sash, I'm so happy you're the first person I'm telling this, but I've decided to change my career. I'm so excited. I'm reading the books about this new career I want to do and I'm doing this and I've never been happier. And, you know, thank you for helping me. And I said, wow. You know, this, this gives my job even more value, you know, to, to actually make these calls and, uh, and make it beneficial for them and for, for our company as well. I absolutely understand what you're saying. Yeah, and then uh, I feel the same because I, I recently, just under a year ago, started my own business and uh, I know what I need to fix. You know, I need to hire more people and I've stopped myself because, oh, no, I'll wait more. I'll, I'll wait a little longer. This, this and that. But... It's just like the push-ups. Yeah. 
You just kind of do it. <laughs> there was a there was a lovely question underneath. If you don't mind reading out, uh, I I missed out who wrote it, but they they wrote that uh, someone wants to compete or looking at competing, and if they <clears throat> they cannot afford CM geishas for competing. Yes, I saw that now. Yeah, uh, I'd love I'd love to answer that. So I I feel that we don't need to have CM geishas to win competitions. And I felt that a while ago, when I when I started coaching after you know winning WBC, I've coached Hugh Kelly, and this is exactly what we've done. We went on that train that because we were the first ones to develop CM geishas in Panama with Jameson Savage, um, and we've used these coffees for a couple of years. But in 2017, 2018, I said to myself that this is becoming uh, you know gentlemen's or like prestige competition that only people that have that have money that can afford to compete they compete and a uh, gap between passion and drive and love for for competition and the ones that can actually afford it, it it's becoming bigger and bigger so i've decided to you know coach someone that you know not necessarily had this financial status and, and also someone that kind of wanted to avoid geishas, which is Agnieszka. Um, we've developed the coffee in Panama, which is not very expensive coffee. And I think her coffee was probably cheapest coffee out of the top 15 coffees. Uh, it is a CM, but being CM does not mean it's expensive coffee. Uh, we still have that coffee on a sale uh, in, 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 our, in our warehouse. It's a carbonic maceration diamond. It's very approachable. It's, you know, 10 to 15 to $25 uh, Australian. Uh, and it goes maximum twenty dollars um, USD, so prices are not not high. And she managed to win WBC with that particular coffee. So, to answer your question, no, you don't need to have Geisha. You don't need to have CM uh, as well. But you obviously need to know your coffee. And there's million talented farmers like this farm that we found in Ethiopia. Uh, and there's million of them all over the world that you can sort of. Find a way to connect either with a farmer or with the with the people that you know understand green uh, to go out and win with this with these coffees, and I think that's one of the you know great things. If, if you can achieve the win with these coffees that did not have a value before, uh, not not only you leaving the trophy with you, but you're actually leaving a greater story that you can encourage other people to sort of continue that that tries. And Aga is a you know large proof of that. But, you know, it's the first female to win. Um, first, you know, Poland, that country never won before. Um, she was self-funded, and uh, she did not use geishas. So she's kind of one of these underdogs that ticked all the boxes that not necessarily the ticked in the past. And, and she proved the world that you know it is possible. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. And yeah, I remember. I met Aga last year and uh, someone asked a question about you and uh, how special the relationship that you, you guys have. And uh, yeah, it's amazing to see to see this. And like you said, it's about starting something, you know, it's like you know, paving it for the next person to maybe don't use a geisha and just to keep innovating and keep pushing the boundaries for sure. No, 100%. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not saying that people should not be using Geisha. They should be doing what they believe is the best for them. If you, if you have someone that's really into R&D or like they are representing 
maybe being a hospitality side of the barista and that's what they care then they they should use any coffee that suits them and their model regardless uh, but um yeah it's I, I think it's each for their own but the field is open for everyone to do how for people to explore how they wish to explore yeah 100% and, and in regards to coffee you you cover the whole spectrum because you know you you barista roaster consultant farm and the list goes on. Um, what's if you had to pinpoint? What's the part that you most love about what you do? Oh, farms by far. My oh, my dog is here, Teddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, silly dress. Anyway, farms by far. That's that's the reason I do what I do. I love what I do. Um, I possibly possibly for the reason that when you, as you mentioned. When you've been in industry for so long uh, and you, you see all of these different fields, I feel that our industry, you know, we all depend on each other as a, as a part of the chain. And I feel that farms are the weakest link. And, you know, I come from a small country, from a small city. You know, always been underdogs. I always go for the underdogs. And maybe <laughs> this, is, this is the reason why I'm so connected with the farm because there's still lot work to be done on that level you know in order to make it more balanced to make it more like even field um so possibly you know when i when i look at a farm and i taste coffee like it just resonates with me as well what is it that we can do in order to improve that coffee and you know sometimes we work with the farmers that have been trying to make the farm sustainable for five six seven ten years and we go there for a week and we change it all and within a, within a seven days, if I can, we can add value to that farmer that they not necessarily could for prior, previous 10 years. Uh, yeah, it makes us feel good, of course, because you, not only you're getting more delicious coffees, you, you're kind of changing that life for that entire community for sort of forever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that, that gives me, uh, you know, always put smiles on my face. And gives all of us a lot of satisfaction on, on what we do and why why do we do what we do. And when it, every time every time when it's difficult and really hard, like these times, you kind of always look back to you know reasoning why you love what you love, and you go, you know what, it's it's okay, you know we'll we'll get through it. Hundred percent. In fact, I was a uh, I was blessed and lucky to have a chat on Instagram with uh, Raúl. And, uh, you know, you with Raul created pretty much the best of El Salvador. Um, would, you, would you take that idea and that sort of project elsewhere to other origins? Yeah, so, um, yeah, with Alejandro, what we've done is uh, we've, we've decided to do best of El Salvador for the reason because there was no cup of excellence that particular year. And we have, as I mentioned, so many great farmers, great relationships, great friends. And I felt that we need to do something about this. So I called my friends in El Salvador and said, you know what, let's organize auction. They all love the idea. I said, yeah, yeah, that's going to be great. Let's do best of El Salvador. It's going to be awesome. Farmers are going to be happy. Then I called Habib, a project manager. I said, Habib, you need to run an auction. I don't know how to do it because I've never done it, so don't ask me. But <laughs> this is going to <laughs> This is going to be your task, and uh, this auction is going to happen in six months or whatever it was. 
And then a few weeks later, I told him, hey, I had a chat with um, you know, Honduras friends, and we're going to do another auction in Honduras. So not one auction we run, we run two non-profit auctions in the same year. Uh, so that was, um, that was a, a, I guess, great when industry professionals get together when there's issue, there's a problem, uh, and then we, we create something amazing of greater value. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. We run this auction for two years in El Salvador. Obviously, COE came back to El Salvador. It's, it's strong, so we saw no, no reason for us to continue doing it. However, we continued running auction in Honduras because it's a late harvest auction. So coffees, Honduras is a very specific country where coffee is grown from December all the way to June. And our auction includes coffee that grow from April to June, which I believe are the best coffees in the country. And so that's kind of complementing the current auction because a uh, cup of excellence early harvest. And um, so, and unfortunately, we canceled it this year due to the COVID-19. But yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll continue doing it from next year onwards. Cool. No, thanks. I think, I think that's brilliant what you did. And to, to break it up a little, I usually ask an out-of-the-box question. Um, do, do you still play handball? No, not at all. Uh, no, it's been a while. Do you miss it? I don't miss it. Uh, actually, uh, of course, I miss handball a lot. But when I stopped playing handball, I was 23 years old. I got a contract that I was supposed to take in Kuwait. I didn't take it. For quite a few years of my life, I was thinking, should I do it? Should I not? Did I make mistakes? Did I not? So it kind of, it's, handball is a little bit of unfinished business with me. And I, I don't really, I cannot even watch game of handball anymore without feeling. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. There you go. I learned something extremely new. I like these out-of-the-box questions. Yeah. Um, do, do you, all right, cool. Do you follow soccer as a good, you know, European? Yep, love soccer. Follow soccer, follow tennis, of course. Big fan of Novak Djokovic. Of course. Yeah. Uh, basketball. And I, I see, I see lots of elements because obviously, growing up in Italy in a small village, you know, we all love our football, well, soccer as they call it here. But um, I, I can see you when you competed, but also you in general. That I don't know. There's a determination, there's a certain hunger that I see in the in the Balkan block uh, players. You know, Stankovic, Mihailovic, and there's a whole bunch of them. Um, I don't know. I just really, I, I can see that um, sportsman almost application to coffee by now, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a good way. I, I think it's, we are, <laughs> in Balkans, we do get fiery as well. And uh, especially when things are not going good, like it gets really bad. I'm lucky enough that I, I have that hunger from Balkans, of course. And it's there, but being a sportsman, we use it in a in a good way. We just want to be better, and we just want to win. Not necessarily we want to beat someone. We just want to win. And Correct. It's more, it's more gentlemen's win. And and also, I mean, I, I lived in Australia now for ten years, and and um, some kind of bit of mix of that as well. That I feel I picked up best of from my heritage and I adapted best from uh, what we have here in this this beautiful country as well and that's that fusion <laughs> uh, that obviously helped me to be to be hungry for the goals to be really determined to work really hard to appreciate and respect have the gratitude 
but not to step over other people in order to reach success. So, hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think we've seen that in you, and uh, it connects well with a question from passionate about coffee. Roasting question: If you want to answer, how does Ona roast the coffee for milk? Okay. So uh, you mentioned earlier that I do everything and I'm a roaster as well. So I'll actually go back to that for a sec. I have not been roasting coffee since 2015. And I realized that it's not the skill that I love doing. I love discussing roasting, talking to our roaster, Sam Cora. But he's so much better than me that I don't feel like I need to go any depth in that. We, we roast differently for espresso for milk and for filter. We've been doing it over the last quite a few years. So we kind of completely opposite of many people that are doing Omni Roast. We also feel that for every single, every coffee, whether it's a wash process or natural process, whether it's a milk espresso or filter, we would approach these coffees differently in order to tailor uh, and to get the expressions that we would like to. So if we'll roast coffee differently if it's the Debra Terra. Uh, because we just want to highlight the you know the acidity and the clarity. Or our good friend from uh, the good coffee cup is now enjoying the uh, Debra Indigo Symmetry, and Sammy roasted that particular coffee in order to highlight and uh, the process carbonic maceration. So you know I'm sure he's now drinking a little bit of uh, pineapple or, or you know some tropical fruits or some red fruits. And the way the way we roasted it is to really you know stretch the roast profile. To, to make sure this shines, not necessarily, you know, allowing the fluoride, for example, to, to be stepping in. So it's very complicated for us, kind of complicated the way I'm explaining it, but it's really simple. We we roasting for flavor. We don't, and we obviously have this big puzzle, this big vocabulary that we believe we'll need to do certain adjustments for that particular coffee, that style of coffee in order to achieve that goal. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know I did not say any specifics, but it's it's kind of impossible to say specifics. I, I, I think sometimes answers like that are actually more helpful than very technical because uh, it, it paints better the picture. Because sometimes we put certain elements to, on a pedestal, but you, like you said, you're chasing flavor, which is ultimately. I think the proof in the pudding was your eyes lit up when you mentioned pineapple and chocolate in regards to that coffee. Like, I saw almost a connection between your brain and palate and like, oh yeah, that's a good cup of coffee. So I think that, that flavor element just was there, just in your body language on how important that is for you. Um, and something else that I really admire and look up and it's inspiring is Aside from the amazing coffee, I'm all about people, and um, you know, you you have like a like a super squad of amazing, talented, uh, hungry, but humble people around you. Um, does that make you feel proud? Because obviously, there is an element of them that you know they obviously want to work with you and for you. Um, and I may have a few of them even on this little tiny show and other in real life. How how much relevance has that? No. It becomes almost like an extended family. Uh, it's it's a biggest joy, to be honest, to be able to you know surround with them uh, for for so many years and to go through good and bad together. And um, 
And I, I always, like we've, I've mentioned it a few times, when we look at employing someone in Honor Coffee for us, values are most important. Um, you know, personal values that we, we connect on a personal level. Uh, we, we look at the life in a, in a similar way as well. Uh, respect, you know, being humble that you mentioned, it's, it's really important for us in Honor. Uh, and then skills come secondary. Of course, passion for what they do. Like, we want to make sure that our roaster is crazy passionate about roast, loves coffee, but he loves roasting. So we all have a different expertise and, uh, and different skills. But we all should have the same value. And that's what we've been, we've been trying to breed over the last 10 years since Honor started. Um, but I always say that, you know, when we, when we do well, it's, it's easy to have a great team. It's easy, you know, when you lift up the trophy, you know, 2015, everyone is happy. But, you know, the most I've ever been proud of the team is now. And I don't say it often, but and I did not maybe even think, but I think yeah, I'm lucky that I have the best team in the world. And, uh, and it's really tribute to their behavior in the last two months, in the last six weeks, and how much they look after each other even more. You know, there's... The small pizza, small pizza on the table, and we all share it together. You know? And leaders eat last. That that's how it's been done with the company. Like all of our leaders, they sort of now as long as stuff is okay, then then we'll be fine afterwards. Uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying going on this economical war with them, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sure that everyone kind of a lot, lot of people mention our team, but our team in last six weeks has gone better so much than. You know, and we've kind of came closer to our destination last probably possibly two months, uh, which is yeah, in reaching you know people's lives, you know, innovating community aspects, being closer and uh, being closer family than now than ever before. So it's yeah, it's been humbling, and you know, quite a few times it was, yeah, we had tears in my eyes. I said, wow. I'm so blessed to have, you know, to be surrounded with so many amazing hearts and souls in the company. So um, if any of them is listening, yeah, I'm yeah, thankful. Oh, they will rewatch it. They're probably working now, but uh, I, 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 I can see lots of gratitude from you. And uh, I think they're almost, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, you know, I'm sure they are just as grateful and humble as you are about yourself and be able to work for uh, for for the owner family, you know? Yeah, thank you. Uh, there was a question about Melbourne. Uh, hopefully, we should be opening sometimes soon. <laughs> we don't know when. Uh, but shop, shop is finished. It's looking amazing. We're very happy. We're very proud. Uh, I should be heading there next Friday to a few, few bits and pieces to kind of Final checks, possibly, and uh, sometimes within four to six weeks, uh, we, you know, depending on the restrictions, obviously, uh, we will be looking at opening. We've decided that we don't want to open only with the takeaway concept, we put, because we put a lot of effort, a lot of love into this shop, and we'd love to people to see to what we initially built it to be seen. Uh, so whenever restrictions allow us to be able to dine in, we'll, uh, we'll be looking at opening them. Yeah, and uh, Dax, he's very happy about it. Dax, you and I are going to grab a cup there for sure in Brunswick. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. I've actually met with Devin and Tom uh, at the site maybe about three or four months ago. And uh, 
well, it was empty. There was nothing in there. So it was, uh, I'm very curious to see what's in there now and uh, looking forward to it. Are you going to come down to cut the ribbon with the scissor or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I'll, yeah, luckily, I don't need, I'm not going overseas anymore. I think I missed opening of la last three shops that we opened up. I was somewhere like Sydney. I wasn't there. I think for High Road, I wasn't there. But this one, I'm not gonna miss it. So that's that's a good thing about COVID as well. <laughs> I'll be I'll be with the team more. Uh, so I'll definitely spend at least a week in Melbourne uh, before we open and all opening week. Cool. And um, look, before we run out of time, you know, then we got other questions, but I really want to get this out. What's next on Sasha's planet? <laughs> huh, good one. Yeah, to be, there's, there's always a lot of things happening that are exciting. Um, some things that are on hold, but I would love to do. And they will be probably on hold next two or three months. Uh, we have a new movie that's coming up, uh, Coffee Heroes. So that's really, really exciting. So hopefully we'll be able to show that towards the end of the year when time is right. Movies sort of almost done but we feel it's not right timing to to do it now so jeff our director is going to decide what are the next steps there i'd love to settle a little bit um make sure that everything is okay our team is okay the you know, farm is okay then i'd love to have a holiday because i've been i've been doing some crazy hours over the last two months and without having a day off so um yeah Family holiday, somewhere, there's no internet, no Zoom, no Instagram for a week would be nice. Uh, and then uh, most likely go, go with my original plan to start writing the book. Uh, I still would love to have that complete, whether it's going to be end of this year or a little bit late, I'm not sure. I have a couple new innovation projects that are happening, something new for the world. Uh, so hopefully this year they can be launched. And, uh, and it's on the farm level as well as on a barista level. So really excited about them. But that's all on hold for now. Uh, I'm waiting for the right time to sort of engage with these things and, um, and sort of, um, yeah, see them, uh, see them come to life. So oh, lucky, lucky we talked about balance. Seems yeah. a, a few projects in your hands. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's all on hold. It's all on hold for now. Uh, well, talking about movies... Harold Castro says, I watched your film, Sasha, amazing. Thanks for putting together such a great film. So, Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope, yeah, I hope second one will be, uh, will be more enjoyable. And luckily it's not that, but that much about me only, which is a nice thing because first film made me, <laughs> to be honest, at the beginning, a little bit uncomfortable as well. So, but I'm, I'm getting used to it now. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you're doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, you got two movies now. You're going to have two books. You know, it, it's great. It's great. It's great to hear. I think also it shows other people that there's a lot more than just coffee, as in there's other avenues to explore and other ways to communicate to people. Um, I think it's important. Communication. I get the question that I always get is, uh, how can we improve and how can we take specialty to the next level and how can we grow it? 
I don't think it comes down to communication and how we communicate don't create a barrier between uh, yourself and the person who drinks commercial coffee. I think that people don't like to get told what to do. So it's communication that we have within our friends, our family, our community, and how and which means we communicate that passion through which in this case books, movies, I think it's an untapped market for sure for many. Yeah, it's a definitely good one. Like, I mean, we belong in the industry where we depend on each other. Um, that's that's a fact. It's not fairy tale or you know philosophy. It is a black and white. We do depend on each other in order to make it work. So, um, as long as you know, if we all can look at our chain, supply chain, whatever it is, we all have a supply chain. Uh, and if we can look at that particular supply chain and we, we have that philosophy that in order to reach success, we all need to work together. Um, and with that view and that sort of point, we'll, um, we will communicate better. Um, and it can be a simple fact as is in a coffee shop, if there's a issue with barista, head barista and assistant barista, and there's no communication, that chain is already broken without even going back to the roster. So we, we need to make sure that we internally have very healthy relationships, healthy communication, and we fight. Families fight, of course. We should fight. <laughs> you know, but then we, we should also resolve these issues and move on and be stronger out of it. Uh, and then once it's strong in the shop, then we, we need to kind of have that same philosophy to go to roastery, to green supply, all the way to farm. And if you have that really strong communication... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be able to go through, you know, any challenge in a lot easier way, in a lot better way as a team rather than as an individual. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, there's a lot to digest and sink. That's going to sink with a lot of people going to rewatch that. think that I'm going to myself take a few minutes after the interview to think about that on how do we want to communicate lots of things for sure. Um, this is a question again that I think that you've uh, you got asked before, but I like I know Daniel. Uh, he always pops in and I appreciate. Hey Daniel, um, when we can see you again on the competition stage? <laughs> uh, we, yeah, may, maybe, <laughs> maybe barista, barista definitely not. Let's let's clear that. So at least I don't want people to think that I'm tempted to do barista comp. No, not at all. Um, I've done what I wanted to do and I, I think I'm giving value the other way in the barista competitions, coaching and supporting and, and probably greater value than, than competing myself. Uh, but maybe something else, possibly. We'll see. We don't know. Yeah. Look, um, I know that we just entered the last minute and Instagram is really cutthroat when it comes to shut it all down and I don't want that to have to, to be the case. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I would never expect you to stay another hour, even though I'm sure we could very easily talk another hour. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say thank you. I'm feeling very grateful about you giving us an hour of your time, sharing your stories, your knowledge, your experience. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Sasha. Is, is there anything that you left off the table that you want to kind of leave uh, us yeah. with? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to thank you for doing what you're doing for us, for the industry. Uh, it's been great that you've managed to organize a lot of coffee professionals to, to talk about. And I'd love to thank you for your time. I think you're inspiring 
and helping and supporting many coffee professionals by making this happen. And yeah, very thankful. I did listen to a few of your podcasts and I have enjoyed listening and, you know, gave me kind of a lot of energy to do, you know, what I do. I'd love to thank everyone listening and being part of this network. And yeah, we'll, um, we'll get through this together. And, uh, and I'm sure that, um, yeah. Go five seconds, but yeah, thank you, Sasha. That's amazing. 